Thank you, Austin. Uh, we're going to be in, in Luke chapter 8 is what we're going to be looking at today. Again, welcome everybody. Good to see everybody here this morning. And uh, for as we're going through Luke, Luke is a, a lengthy book. If you've read it all the way through, you know it's a lengthy book. So we're taking our time walking through there. And um, we started out the series calling it um, Finding Jesus. We started out calling it Finding Jesus because we were on the search of finding out who uh, Jesus really is. And if we've grown up in church for any length of time, we, we may get ourselves in a little box. We may start to put Jesus in a box. And, and he was such an amazing uh, man and savior for us that we wanted to take a fresh look at who he was. We're making a little bit of a transition today out of finding Jesus because we've gone through a number of chapters like, yep, here he is. Here he is. We're, we're making a transition to call out, are we following Jesus? Will we follow wherever he will go? And we're walking with the one, we're starting to walk with the one who holds all of the answers to life, holiness, to our salvation, to the renewal uh, in this world and, and in this life. And, and so we're kind of just making a slight transition, even though we're in Luke still, uh, to say, okay, now we found him. Now will we actually follow him? and follow what he says. And we're going to talk about uh, one of his teachings today, one of his teachings today, and uh, we're meant to decide. We're kind of meant to decide, do we, do we grab onto Jesus for who he is, and will we actually follow him? So we're going to be in Luke chapter 8. We're going to be around verse 4, starting in verse 4 today. I wanted to ask you this question first before we get into the scripture. What is your goal in life? What is your goal in life? A lot of people, we're, we're, we're way past January 1st, but you know, a lot of people make goals for their, their lives, and, and I've made goals in my life, and all this kind of stuff. And what is your goal in life? I looked at a couple of different web pages that lift, list life goals. You can find those. I don't have any clue of what I want to do, so I'm going to go on the internet and say, tell me, tell me what I should do. And uh, I found some, some lists about some life goals. I found one that was like a, a list of 100 different things and how to do them. And I was like, well, I'm not going to read all those today to you. Uh, but a couple of them were, were interesting. And uh, uh, master a difficult skill. Learn something new. I'm going to master a difficult skill. I want to become a thought leader in, in the industry. Uh, maybe you want to get promoted to an executive role at your company. You know, move up the ladder. That could be a goal in life. Uh, here's an interesting. Learn how to become a millionaire. Yep. How about that one? Uh, learn how to become a millionaire. How about this one? Go on a trip around the world. One trip around the world, travel a little bit, uh, double your personal income. A lot of these have to do with finances, really. And a lot of them have to do with, with moving yourself along in this world. And I think at this point in time, yeah, doubling our personal income is, is kind of like, yeah, we're all thinking, how in the heck do I do that so I can go to the pump and go to the grocery store, do that. Publish a novel, run a marathon, achieve zero debts, plan for retirement for your young ones, graduate college, or what's your next step, climb a mountain. Uh, maybe like Somerset, you know, actually hike a trail, hike a, an ex extended trail, compose music, you know, maintain your ideal body weight. These are all on this list of 100 things that, that people are, are striving for. Um, uh, find your life partner. A little bit about relationships. Learn how to prepare healthy meals. Um, eh, buy a first house, maybe, or build a house. Those are on the list as well. Uh, see your favorite football team play at their stadium. 
I got a cheers. We had cheers on Thursday when we read that one. It's like, and someone said, yeah, I did it. And I was like, oh, man, accomplished. Your, your, your goals are done, right? We all have goals. When, I, didn't see anything, I didn't see anything on these lists that was out of bounds, all right, on this list of 100 or a couple websites uh, listing things to do in life. I didn't really see anything that was really out of bounds. It was like, oh, that's negative. You know, can't do that, can't do that. But what is missing from these lists? What is missing there's nothing here about hearing more from God or, or listening to God and what he would actually have us do. Maybe he'll have you do those things on the list, but there's nothing there directing us to actually, you know what, take some time, chill out, relax, sit back, open the ears, open the eyes to see or to hear what God is telling you to do or directing you to do in life. Maybe it's implied, but I don't think so. Our culture all right, our world around us is not going to direct us. Oh, you know what? Everybody take time. Stop. You know, there, there's no big news announcement today that the news say, hey, we're stopping the news today because everybody at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or 1030 or whenever you go to church, everybody stop and go to church and hear from God. That, that doesn't happen, does it? I, I didn't hear that on the news broadcast this morning. Hey, we're cutting out programming, all the networks. We're cutting out programming because, you know, we all need to go as a nation and go hear from God. That's just not where the world is going to take us, right? They're going to take us to a list of things to keep us busy and try to, try to move up the ladder, right? But what's missing is actually hearing from the Lord, giving our, our, our lives enough space to actually hear from God, and the world is going to try to steer us in our lives in a certain direction. And the Bible calls this fruit. The Bible talks about good fruit and bad fruit, right? The fruit that we produce, the fruit that comes from our lives. What fruit is being produced in our lives? What is the fruit that's being produced in our lives? And Jesus is going to tell us a couple of stories about the fruit that comes from hearing and doing the Word of God. Hearing and doing the Word of God. Uh, right here in verse 8, we're going to skip down to verse 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 8 says this. Jesus says this. He called out. So he's going to do some teaching. And then he calls out to the crowd. Let anyone who has ears to hear, listen. Let anyone who has ears, ears to hear, listen. Are we ready to hear? This is the question. Are we ready to hear? We all are able to open up the Word of the Lord in front of us. There are Bibles in the seat pockets in front of you if you don't have one, or go to your phone, or however you read the Word of the Lord. But are we ready to hear? Is this just an exercise that we do when we come on Sunday mornings or some other time to go gather and worship and, and open the Word together? Is this something, that, just a little exercise that we do? We've got to do it. It's part of the day. Just part of what we do. We have to do it, and then we, we move on. Or are we ready to hear from the Lord. This, this is the, the charge for the church that gathers, right? There's, there's purpose to this. There should be purpose to this gathering, to grow deeper and deeper in our relationship with the Lord and grow deeper and deeper in our relationship with one another. And how do we do that? We have to listen. We have to see what's going on where he's taking us. This is why I like to have a variety of preachers. You may have noticed over the last couple of weeks, we had Dean last week preach. We had Paul Starring a couple weeks ago. We've had others preach, stand up here and preach because it takes the focus off, oh, it's just one person who delivers the authority of the Lord. No, no, the, the person who stands here is not the authority. The word of the Lord is the authority. And this is what we are here and to see. And Jesus is going to talk about the word of the Lord. And, and Jesus himself is called the word. 
right? Jesus is called the Word. So when the Word gives a word, we want to hear what that word is, right? Are we ready to hear? Are we ready to hear the story and listen to the story that Jesus is going to give us in this passage? Let's, let's read Luke chapter 8. Listen as we read. Follow along. We're going to read verse 4 through 15 to start out with. Verses 4 through 15. And it says this. As a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from every town, uh, he said in a parable. He's going to tell them some stories. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the sky devoured it. Other seed fell on the rock. When it grew up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up with it and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground. And when it grew up, it produced fruit a hundred times what was sown. As he said this, this, he called out, Let anyone who has ears to hear listen. Then his disciples asked him, What does this parable mean? So he said, the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know, but to the rest it is in parables, so that looking they may not see and hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the seed on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. Having no root, these believe for a while and fall away in a time of testing. As for the seed that fell among thorns, these are the ones who, when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of life, and produce no mature fruit. But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who, have, having heard the word from an honest and good heart, produce on it, and by enduring, or excuse me, hold on to it, and by enduring, produce fruit. Jesus is going to start us out with a story about farming. Now, is Jesus here to give us instructions on farming? No, no, that's, that's not the, the goal of the story. Everybody out there, everybody out there, the crowds, they're listening to Jesus talk about throwing seed, planting seed, sowing seed, and they're like, okay, I, I came for a different lesson, Jesus. I, maybe I know I already know how to farm. I know what soil to throw the seeds on. Jesus, what are, what are you telling us? And the, the disciples themselves, Jesus, you gotta, you gotta tell us what you mean by this story, right? What's, what's farming have to do with us following the Messiah? I thought following the Messiah was all about swords and chariots and conquering and, and seeing a new kingdom come to earth. And now you're telling us to go into the fields and sow some seeds. And, and it's gotta be the right field. What, what are you telling us here? So Jesus Jesus is giving us some instructions, but it's not just about farming. It's about hearing God's call and receiving God's call from his word. And again, God, the seed, Jesus says, is the word. And Jesus himself, again, is called the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so Jesus is going to give a word. And ultimately, uh, we have this, this collection of, of books and letters, and they're called the Holy Scriptures. The, the Bible is what we call them, and this is the Word of God. And so Jesus is going to speak the Word and spread the Word of God. We're going to be able to spread the Word of God. It's testimony. Thank you, Somerset, for giving a testimony. That's spreading seed. It's sowing seed about how God is working, God's goodness, His grace. If you have a testimony to share, we'd love to invite you up here sometime to do that and to share how God is moving in your life. 
We're going to be able to share that. And then ultimately we can look toward the scriptures to see this word of God. And the word is described as a seed in this story. The seed is meant to produce fruit. I went to the store the other day, picked up seeds. Anybody else picking up seeds during this time? Anybody else get all their, their, their sowing done with the seeds? Get them all on the ground? Well, these seeds aren't in the ground yet. And we decided we don't have a green thumb so at our house, so uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. But I picked up a variety of seeds, zinnia, got some zinnia seeds, those were pretty. I thought, oh, those are nice. Picked up some California poppies, because we have a little poppy in our family. I thought, oh, California poppies, those are nice. We got to eat something, though. So I picked up cucumber, love cucumbers. Anybody else love cucumbers? Love cucumbers. Picked up cantaloupe. We like cantaloupe in our family. Picked up some parsley and some, some larkspur, different seeds. I would expect that these different seeds are going to actually produce different fruit, right? They're not all going to produce the same thing. The cucumbers aren't going to produce the, the zinnia, and I hope not. Um, and the cantaloupe, looking for some cantaloupe, is not going to produce some, some uh, larkspur. You know, I want to eat and enjoy the, the cantaloupe. Jesus is going to compare the word of God to the seeds, to the seeds and what the seed will produce. The, the seed, seeds are meant to produce fruit, right? Like I said, you know, hopefully these things are going to come up cucumbers. I'd be really disappointed this doesn't come up cucumber. Everything built into the seed is meant to produce a cucumber, right? Everything in its DNA, everything in this cantaloupe DNA is meant to produce cantaloupes. It's built right into it. The Word of God, everything in the Word of God's in its DNA is built and, and there to produce fruit in our lives, just like these seeds are meant to produce fruit. Jesus is going to talk about what do we do, what are we doing with the seed that is sown throughout these different fields. It comes down to, a lot of it comes down to the quality of soil. He's going to talk a lot about the quality of soil, the quality of the ground that, that the seed is being sown. The seed is being sown freely. The seed is being thrown out there. And he's going to talk a lot about the quality of the soil. The seed, if the seed is compared to the, let's say, the Word of God, which Jesus says it is, then the soil is compared to our heart response. If the seed is compared to the Word of God, then the soil is compared to our heart response. We want to talk about that heart response and hearing the Word of the Lord. And he's going to call out four different types of hearts and how they respond to God's call, to the Word of the Lord. We've got the path Sowers out there throwing the seeds. Sowers out there throwing the seeds. And if some fall on this path, and this is a trodden down path, this is a well-worn path, the dirt is compact. This is actually, what Jesus is talking about is the path that would go in between the fields where the farmer would walk, maybe the livestock would walk. So they're not walking on, always walking on the good soil. This is the path that's been then stamped down and continually walked on, but he's going very hard. It's never, it, it can't receive the seed. The seed won't get down inside of it. There's no room. It's become so hard that it won't get down there. He talks about the rocky soil, right? Here in New England, we grow rocks, right? This is our number one the produce coming out of the ground is rocks, right? We, we just naturally grow rocks around here. What happens if you just have soil that's just full of stones and rocks, right? It's not going to be able to take roots, real roots, um, and uh, it, the plant won't have a chance to, to thrive. 
in this rocky, overly rocky soil. He's going to talk about a weed-filled garden as well. And I think what Jesus is doing is he's looking out and, you know, all of these soils would have been right next to one another. They could have been all right next to one another, right? And, and um, so you got the rocks over here. You got the trodden path where the, the farmers walk. You got a weed-filled section over here. Um, and then you've got the good soil, the good soil that actually can take in the seed and actually produce, help produce sustainable fruit from the seed. Sometimes these are called the devil, the flesh, and the world. We see in this passage where Jesus says, hey, the devil on that, that, that path that's been trodden down, beat down, the devil actually can snatch the word away because the, the seed has no chance, no chance to get a root. The flesh is our, our own desires, our own desires, and that takes up all the room in our life, and I think that's like the rocky soil where all those rocks have filled up the soil. They've taken up all the space, all the room. There's no good soil to be found in there, and that's like our own flesh. We, we fill ourselves with our own stuff, our own desires, and then the world, uh, the world includes, uh, which we, the, the weed-filled garden, which includes distractions, all these distractions that are, that are growing up all around us, available to, to all of us. What Jesus is doing here is that he's transitioning. We've seen, we've seen these various hearts throughout the last few chapters. I don't think Jesus is just naturally bringing in something brand new and saying, hey, I got a great story. Let's, let's sit down and listen to this in story time. He's actually pointing out, do you see who is actually following my word? Do you see who is actually coming after and following after me? We have someone like the, uh, the, the, the trodden path. We, we saw the villagers early on in chapter four when Jesus went and, and spoke in the synagogue and said some amazing things and the villagers automatically wanted to throw him off a cliff. Their hearts were hard. They would not accept the word of the Lord. And they would say, hey, we got to get rid of it. We want to get rid of this guy. All right? He's not telling us what we want to hear. All right? Their hearts were too hard to accept what Jesus was, was bringing to them. The rocky soil, we, we see the Pharaoh's stony hearts and the, the prejudice and all that's built up and, and coming to the surface. All those rocks are, are getting the way for, for them to accept and to hear the actual word of the Lord and what Jesus is, is bringing them. They, 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 they should have known. You know, they, 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 they claimed that they were spending their lives getting rid of the rocks, but really they were just overflowing with them in their hearts. We see the weed-filled garden, and, and we see people in chapter 7, Jesus says, the people of this generation, and they're caught up with distraction, and everything else, they're, they're worried about everything going around, on around them, and they're like the weed-filled garden. There, there's no chance for good fruit to, to pop up because there's so much distraction in their lives. So we see the path as a hard heart that just does not want to submit to God. We see the, the rocky soil where they can't take root, the word can't take root and will just wither and eventually die. And weeds, weeds, man, you know, how fast do weeds take over your garden, your, your physical garden? You're planting seeds. All right, it's amazing. We planted, a, we planted little bed, garden beds at our home. And I'm like, great, these look great. And the next year, wait, I gotta, I gotta go pull the weeds again? And this year, I gotta go pull the weeds again? Anybody have to go pull weeds every year or do you, just, do you just get rid of them? No, they, it's, it's amazing how fast the weeds creep into our gardens, right? Our, our literal gardens. That's like the world. It's amazing how fast, if we're not careful, how fast those weeds come in and take over our lives with distraction and worries and, and the problems that the world wants to put 
in front of us. It's interesting that the, the way that they farmed during the first century, they used something called an ard, and I think I had a picture of that. I think there's a picture. Oh, yeah, there's a guy. He's got a little, you know, the, the, the little plow thing there and, and that he's using and, and uh, going through. Uh, the ard, the way that we would go is he was throw the seed in front of him and, and then plow, plow behind it, and the seed would get packed into the soil, hopefully the good soil. This tool here, this tool here, couldn't clear, it can't clear rocks from the field. We, we have these huge tractors. We see the pictures in the videos like these huge tractors going through fields and, and they plow up everything, right? They plow up everything and it looks like, man, this thing's ready to go and it's pretty, pretty fast, right? These guys, you know, they, they, this plow won't go through the rocky, rocky ground and actually this plow can't get rid of uh, weed beds, fields that were totally taken over by, by weeds and they're, they're ta- there's a lot of labor I think there's a lot of reminder. There's a lot of labor, a lot of intentionality about going and, and, and removing the rocks, being mindful of the rocks that are growing up in the soil around you and being intentional about removing them. And the weeds going out, and he, this guy's got to go and dig and, and dig out all the grass and weeds for the place that he wants to convert to good soil. What's interesting as well is all of these soils and the, these, this, the, the ground that Jesus is talking about, all of them are so close to receiving the word of the Lord. You can go on a path and dig and do work and dig up the path and get down to and, and, and produce good soil that maybe the seed can go on. You can go into a field and remove the rocks, get the rocks out of there and, and produce a patch of good soil that the seed will, will take in that good soil. You can go and weed your garden and produce a space that is ready to take in and, and available to take in the word of the Lord, right? All of these soils are, are so close. And I think as Jesus is telling the story and he's pointing out these people, he's saying, hey, these are the kind of people who, who are not hearing or they're not letting it sink in or their hearts are too hard or, or they've got too many distractions in the world. But, but Jesus is not giving up on anybody. As he's walking around, Jesus does not give up on anybody in the stories, right? I think he's going to remind us, you know, hey, what is the, the condition of our heart? This is, this is the point here. What is the condition of our heart as the seed is spread, as God's word is freely spread among us, freely available among us? What is the condition of our heart? Why does he use parables? Why does he use parables to describe and share about the kingdom? His disciples come up. His disciples don't even understand. The, the, the followers, his followers don't understand you know, Jesus, you got to enlighten us here. We don't understand what you're talking about. You're talking about farming all of a sudden, and we don't quite get how this, this, this matches, you know, uh, our mission of the kingdom of God. And here Jesus goes uh, fulfilling prophecy again. And we see this in verse 9, or excuse me, we see Isaiah 6, verse 9. We see what Jesus says about it in verse 10. But he's referencing Isaiah 6, 9, and, and says this, And he replied, Go, say to those people, keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. 
Jesus had a way that he was going to do his ministry. He's referencing Isaiah, and and this is right at Isaiah's call, where Isaiah gets the call from the Lord to go out and speak to the people, and God is saying, hey, you're going to speak, you're going to tell them the truth, but tell you what, they're not going to listen. They're not going to be ready to listen at this point in time. They'll get the message later, but they won't get it right now, and Jesus is kind of saying the same thing. Message out there, the words out there, not everybody's going to get it. It's not meant for every single person at this point in time in his ministry, but it will become very clear. It'll become very clear later on. And I think he, he's taking this time to, to he, needs, he needs a couple of years to talk with the disciples, right? The, the ones who are following him who are going to carry on the mission after he's gone. He needs some time with them. What happens when Jesus goes and speaks truth and reveals the truth to the crowds and stuff and to the Pharisees? People want to kill him, right? We saw they want to throw him off the cliff. They start plotting to, to kill him. And Jesus is taking this time and says, not everybody's going to understand this right now. And he's building into the disciples. He says, your hearts are ready. Your hearts are ready. You're part of that good soil. Your hearts are ready to hear and receive the word of the Lord. And we need some time. And we're going to tell these stories. And it's going to shield you guys and the work that we're doing as you get ready to then go carry on the work that I'm going to pass on to you. But it will be revealed. He's going to reveal this. It will be revealed after he's glorified, after he dies and he's, he's resurrected. And we sit on the other side of the cross. And we see this. We get to understand what he's telling us here. They did not. They, they sat, at this point in time, they sat on the, the other side of the cross, before the cross. And there was a lot that they had to learn and take in. Jesus had some new commands for them. I'm reminded again in John 15, I don't have a slide for this one, but John 15 where he says, hey, this is the command, love one another. He's got to take a lot of time to sow that seed into their lives. This is what we do. This is what we do. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what you do as well. And he's taking time to sow into their lives. And so he, tells, he starts telling parables, and not everyone's going to get it, but every, everyone's going to see after, after the cross and after the resurrection. And so Jesus is not here just to tell fun stories just for kicks so that we'll fill our head with more knowledge, right? I mean, that's, that's not why we're here. I hope that's why we're not here. Say, hey, we've gone over some verses. I learned some new verses. Hey, great, I can walk out these doors and everything's hunky-dory. This is not the point of the story. And oftentimes, we disconnect what we see in this story with what we see in the next couple of verses in this chapter. And Jesus goes on. In verse 16, he's going to go on, and he says, and again, we often disconnect these things, but I think Jesus is doing one big thing here with his disciples. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it, in verse 16, covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. Verse 17, for nothing is concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known and brought to light. Verse 18, therefore, take care how you listen. Here it is again. Right? We talked about, are we ready to listen? Jesus says, hey, if you have ears to hear, listen to this. Here he says again, are you ready to listen? Take care how you listen, for whoever has more will be given to him, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. What is he saying here? He's saying that the seeds are freely being sown. You are hearing the word. Everyone in this room sitting here, if you're watching online, everyone today is hearing the word of the Lord. All right? It's not 
my voice is what we're getting out of here, that we're hearing the word of the Lord. Everybody now has a responsibility to respond to that. Every one of us. Right? It's not just someone who sits up here. It's not just the worship band because they lead us somehow and, and, and uh, they should have an understanding on, on this stuff. No, every single person, kids, the kids church, the kids are hearing the word of the Lord as well in there for the young kids. Right? This is one of the reasons we gather to be encouraged by the word of the Lord and challenged on it. And Jesus says the seed is being spread and guess what? It doesn't stop there. All right? It's meant to produce fruit. These better be cucumbers. All right? Jesus says, the word has been spread, the seed has been spread in your lives. Where is the fruit? Where is the fruit in that? And he's going to change direction, and he's going to give them a new illustration. He's talking about a light and a lamp. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who, may, who come in may see its light. What do we do with this light? We can, what do we do with it? We can hide it or we can reveal it. All right? This is all part of the same story that Jesus is telling here. All the part of the same direction that he's giving. This is one thought. I think this is one cohesive thought from Jesus about what now do we do with this seed that we've been given and then it's been planted in our hearts. Okay? And he says, hey, you can hide it under a basket. Some translations say a bushel. We, if we've been in church, we all know that song, right? You know, hide it under a bushel. No. no. We're gonna You're going to sing it tonight. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's awesome. Do we hide it under a bushel? No. All right. Put it under a basket. You can slide it under the bed. The, the bushel was kind of an economic term. This, this term, this is where you would put your stuff if you're going to like put it on the scales to weigh it, to measure it. You've got some produce. You've got some value. You're going to measure it, see how much it's worth. It's like Jesus saying, what comes first? The word of God, what God is directing you, or all this other stuff. It's kind of like the weeds in the garden. All this other stuff. Is that going to, you're going to hide it under all your stuff? All right? Do you, do you value your stuff more than what I'm telling you or the instructions that I'm giving you or what God's giving you? Or do you push it under the bed? This is a, this is a term of, of laziness. Anybody have a bed that got stuff, stuff's under their bed? I got a bed full of stuff underneath that. And what do we do? I got a, kids, you go to clean your room. Your parents tell you to go clean your room. What do you do? Shove it under the bed. Shove it under the bed, Right? Is that the right way to clean your room? If your parents ask you to clean your room, my kids should all say no. <laughs> all right? But that's sort of what we do is like, hey, what's the path of least resistance? All right? I've got this light. Well, I'm just going to stuff it under the bed with all the other kind of stuff because I don't have time for it right now. No, no, no. Jesus says, no, you don't do that. You got a light. And light, this was valuable back then. We, we can go flip on a switch. We don't understand this. You know, the light, the candles, light, whatever they had is valuable. It was, it was a little bit more scarce than, than we have. No, you put it on a light stand for all to see. The seed is supposed to sprout and the light is supposed to shine. That's the way this works, Jesus said. The seed is supposed to sprout, and the light is supposed to shine. And we've been given this light. The seed has been sown in our hearts. We've been given this light, which means we are given the responsibility to let that light shine. That's our job. Church that's gathered here today, that's our job. We've heard the word of the Lord. Hopefully God's revealing some things in our own hearts. And now we have a chance. We have a responsibility to send that light 
into the communities. And you may be asking, I don't know enough of the Bible. I don't know enough about the Bible. I haven't memorized enough scripture. Pastor, you've, you've got this all down, right? You can quote chapter and verse, and I just don't know. How do we do this? I don't know how to do this, all right? The good news is that God has given us everything that we need through the work of Jesus Christ. Did you know that the first century church didn't have all this, <laughs> right? Even, even, even the, well, we, the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament, they didn't have the collections of that for the church, and they did just fine getting the word of the Lord out there. Because what is the word of the Lord? Jesus is the ultimate word of the Lord, and Jesus' death and resurrection has ushered in a brand new kingdom. This is, this is, the, this is, this is what this boils down to. Right? Jesus, right here in the, the fulfillment of time, comes, and so we don't have to have everything memorized. It's good, though, to sow some more of this in your hearts. This is what Jesus is saying. Sow this in your heart so it's ready to come, ready to produce something. But we're here, and we can do this. God has given you everything that you need right here, right now, in the space that you're in. He's given you everything you need. He's given me everything I need to go and to uh, shine the light in my community. And this is, I think this is part of the formula here. We, we just help people recognize that this world around us is falling apart. It, it looks messy. No one agrees on anything. We're not united in anything. We got a country that's, you know, you know one nation under God. And no, 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 we got all sorts of different groups all over the place giving us messages, right? We're not, we're not really united. This world is a mess. It doesn't seem to be moving forward to a, a really healthy state either. Hey, p- things are a mess. You guys and your friends out there, you friends, you agree everything kind of looks like a mess? Yes. Yes. Do you agree that no matter what we do, we can't make the, the, cha- the changes necessary to get us in that right direction on our own, right? I, I can't call up the president and say, hey, man, you got to do this. That's just not doesn't happen. And plus, every, every couple of years, we get a new one, right? And everybody promises, hey, vote for me, and I will make all things new, is basically the message, right? I will make all things new and right. And then they get in there, and like, what happens? No, it's just kind of repeated the last one in some ways, and nothing changes. It, you don't move us forward in a complete and fulfilled, and, and man, it's it. You are the one, right? And we keep going through this cycle. Point that out to your friends. It just looks like this, man, we just keep spinning our wheels and we can't really do this on our own. But guess what? Through the person and the work of Jesus Christ, he has accomplished all things. He predicted his death. He went to the cross, died in our behalf, and he predicted his resurrection as well. And he did it. He pulled it off. We should listen to that guy, right? Anybody who predicts his death and resurrection and actually goes and pulls it off, He's a person to listen to. He's the one we should listen to. And in the word of the Lord, and he's given us the word from God. And because of what he has done, he's offered a solution for everyone's failures and faults. And we call that sin. And that's what Jesus has offered us. And then you go and say, hey, and guess what? Jesus is changing my life. It's not all perfect right now, but Jesus is changing my life. And these are the ways that Jesus is working in my life. Guess what? He can work in those ways in your life as well. Do you want to hear more about that? It's all we need. And, and take him to Scripture and, and some verses and show him how, how true the word of the Lord is, but we're just here to tell him that things are a mess. We can't change it on our own, but there's someone who has offered to change it for us, and he's making changes in my life. Do you want to come and experience those changes as well? And then you keep the conversation going. That's the light 
The, the seed is ready to produce the fruit when it gets into the soil. The light is ready to produce light in the room or in the community. It's just put on that light stand. That light stand. It's meant to reveal, and Jesus says this in John 9, as, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Okay, great, Jesus, you're the light of the world. Yeah, we understand that. That's great. You just keep shining forth. It's like, you just keep shining your light, Jesus. But then he goes and leaves us with a mission. But then he, in, in Psalm, Psalm 119, it says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Okay, good. Jesus is the light of the world. He's shown his light. Hey, guess what? Your, your word is a light unto my path. It illuminates my path. It's a light for my feet. And Jesus again says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The light's going to reveal what God is doing through us and amongst us and in our communities. And where ultimately then does the glory go? To God. The light shows how his church, how his people is working, what God is doing in our community, and then the glory goes to God because obviously we can't do this in our own strength, right? We can't do this in our own strength. But he says, you have that same light that I talked about, that I am. You have that same light inside of you. Are you willing to listen? In verse 18, therefore, take care how you listen. For whoever has more will be given to him. Whoever does not have even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. What's this getting more and getting less stuff? This is like we gather on Sunday, and if you expect to come here on Sunday and get totally filled up for the week, or for maybe the next two weeks, because uh, faithful church attendance is declining and we, we show up once every couple of weeks or once a month now or whatever, when it's convenient, if you expect to be filled up on the Sunday and this is going to carry me through all of these weeks, man, I had to burst your bubble. I'm not that great of a preacher. All right, this is, this is like coming and having a plant, and I don't have a plant because we just, I don't have good plants. And uh, I don't have a green thumb, but having a plant, these seeds are growing, right? And you got to plant, and it's like saying, taking a gallon of water and saying, hey, every Sunday I pour this whole gallon of water on this pot. What happens to that? It overflows. It looks like it's overflowing. It looks like it's doing work, but you're just wasting your water. Take that same gallon for a week and continually fill and refresh the plants. It will actually be able to soak in all that nutrients, Right? We can say, hey, man, I'm, I'm coming on Sunday, and I expect to get it all right now, right here, and just dump it on me, dump it on me, dump it on me, and then it goes bone dry for the rest of the week. We need to allow the Lord to speak into our lives continually, daily, daily seek Him, daily water. He says, when you get more, or when you, you give more, you're going to get more, and, and when, you, when you're just trying to douse it all in one thing, you're, you're going to end up losing it. Jesus is saying, you're going to end up losing it. Remember being in school, being in a subject, and you, maybe you were really excited about this subject, and man, you know, you know, 10, 15 years later, and I didn't keep up with that, and what happens? You, you lose it. You ever learn a language? All right, I took, took a language. I took Latin in high school. That's great. <laughs> Such useless language, you know, to use nowadays, but took that, and, and like two years of Latin, and like, man, don't, I don't study it like intently. I don't speak it, whatever, you know, whatsoever. And what happens? Show me a word and man, I got to go fumble through and look through a dictionary to even come close to figuring out what it means because it gets lost. It gets lost if we're not continually accepting and, and trying to seek the Lord in his word. 
Jesus says it's just going to get lost, and then you won't have it anymore. It's going to be like you don't have it anymore. The seed is supposed to sprout. The light is supposed to shine. And this is all evidence of where you belong and where your position is in Christ. He finishes up this section in verse 19 in a couple verses. He says, Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not meet with him because of the crowd. He was told, Your mothers and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. But then he replied to them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of the Lord. Is that what it says? Those who hear, those who hear and do. This is our position, right? This is, this is our position and our practice. Those who hear, he's just talked to us about, hey man, hear this, open your ears. If you've got ears to hear, hear this, hear this, hear this. He talks about the light, hear this. My mother and brothers are those who hear and do the word of the Lord. Rick Warren, as we're Closing this down, he says some interesting things about preparing your heart for God's word. To take in God's word, to hear God's word, he says, you must be quiet. It's hard to hear the word of the Lord if you've got the weeds growing up around you and all the distractions of the world growing up around you. You have to be calm. We can't rush God. Is God on our timeline? No, 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 no. First century found this out. Nation of Israel found this out. God was not working through their timeline. He's working through them, not through their timeline. Jesus, we want this now. We want you raising the sword now. This is what needs to happen now. We want the end results now, but we can't rush God. Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. You are not. We are not. But we are here to receive from God. We're here to receive from God. We've got to be clean. Never have those, those rocks start sprouting up in your, the heart of your garden. We've got to be clean. We've got to seek to be clean and, and remove the stones and the things that are getting in the way of us actually hearing from the Lord because the fruit may start to come up a little bit, but then it withers and dies because it can't take root. We've got to get rid of the stuff, the sin in our lives that's, that's getting in the way from, of us hearing from the Lord, and we need to be humble. We need to be humble, right? I can't go and plant this larkspur and say, grow now, <laughs> grow in this way, and oh, by the way, change into this. I expect you to change into this. We need to be humble. The seed is going to produce what the seed will produce. The Word is going to produce what the Word will produce in our lives. God is going to work in the way that God will work in our lives, and we can push against that and say, wait, 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 that wasn't in my plans, or we can humble ourselves and say, you know what? Lord, you direct me. You guide me. You lead me along. And so going back to our initial question, what is our goal in life? What is your goal in life? Are we hearing the word of the Lord? Is our heart ready? Is it good soil prepared to take in the word and let it produce the fruit a hundredfold of what God has promised, what Jesus has promised? Are there things that are preventing us from producing this, this fruit in our lives, this path that's just been packed down because of doubt and, and unbelief, and there's just no room for the, the seed to get into the soil? The rocky soil, do we, have, do we have issues in our life, prejudice or whatever it is in our life that, that we're, we're, it's getting in the way of true growth? The weed-filled soil, do, are we just stuck in distraction? Are we stuck in distraction? 
We haven't taken the time to remove these things, pick the weeds, pluck the weeds, throw them out the door. Are we sitting in the spot of good soil, ready for the seed to work at its pace, at its time, ready for the seed to produce what the seed will produce in our lives? We may need to do some work this week over the next few months. The summertime's coming, right? This is, this is what we're putting in the ground. Good time every time we're, we're throwing this seed on the ground to think, oh, yeah, Lord, what are you doing in my life? As a reminder, what are you doing in my life? Summer's coming. What a great time for new habits, new patterns, and a, an excitement for what the Lord will have for our lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, that you have invited us into your family. And you've not left us alone. You've given us good instruction. You've encouraged us to, to follow your word, the, the word of life that you have brought to us. You're ready to sow this, this seed into our lives. And we, we want to be a people that accepts that and that have hearts prepared to, to accept that, to hear your word, and then to produce this fruit. Lord, continue to work with us. Remind us of the, the areas that we need to weed, the rocks that we need to take out of the garden. Lord, I pray that we would, as a people, be united in you, doing your work and your will in your time. We come in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got a kiddo in Mission Discovery, you can go get them so they can come into a time of family worship.